This is the post-game podcast on the Blood Red channel, bringing you all the big match reaction with views from the press box, the dugout and the stands. Complete controller performance of champions as the Reds show Arsenal what the levels in the Premier League are, toying with the Gunners before blowing them out the water. I'm Guy Clark, this is the post-game podcast here on Blood Red, as Liverpool make it three from three with Andy Robertson, Sadio Mane and Premier League debutant Diogo Jota getting on the score sheet. Coming up, Jurgen Klopp praises Jota's impact off the bench. And he came on a pitch and did incredibly well, scored a super goal. Nice, nice first um, game at Anfield. So he will never forget that. I will never forget it. So cool, cool start. Our Liverpool correspondent Paul Gorst has his say. Perfect start for Liverpool this season. Three wins from three. Uh, who's going to stop them? Um, at the moment, it's looking ominous for Liverpool's title rivals. Plus, we hear from you, the fans. This performance, to me, felt like another statement. But all in all, it was total dominant. Wonderful result again for us. Brilliant, brilliant effort. Insight, analysis and opinion all to come right here on the Post Game Podcast. The Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel. Liverpool are up to second in the Premier League after a hard 4-3-1 win here against Arsenal this evening at Anfield. Um, Liverpool uh, fell behind actually to Alexander Lacazette's opening goal, uh, totally against the run of play, a game that Liverpool pretty much dominated from start to finish, uh, but Arsenal content to play on the counter-attack and really dig in and get uh, as many as 10 or 11 men behind the ball, but they broke um, the counter-attack and uh, Andy Robertson failed to clear his lines and Lacazette, who would have been in an offside position had it not been cleared uh, from the Liverpool left-back, he stuck at home and uh, took the lead against the runner play. Three minutes later, Liverpool had their equaliser when uh, Sadio Mane tapped home after Mohamed Salah's shot had been blocked by Ben Leno. Uh, but Liverpool never really looked like they were going to lose this one, even when they were a goal down uh, early on to Lacazette. Uh, Liverpool came storming forward and uh, made it 2-1 when uh, the fullback crossed for another fullback, uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold, uh, who was excellent all game, by the way, his, his cross from the right. Uh, so Andy Robertson sneak in at the back and tap home with that left foot to make it 2-1. Liverpool had their lead going into half-time that was thoroughly deserved. Uh, they continued to press for the third and second half for Arsenal. Uh, they're a different beast on the Mikel Arteta now, aren't they, as Liverpool have found to their cost in the last couple of months. Uh, they really dug in and defended uh, resolutely and, and resiliently, but um, the man off the bench, Diogo Jota, who came on for the final 10 minutes, his Anfield debut, uh, following that £45 million move from uh, Wolverhampton Wanderers, he come on and he could have had a hat-trick, to be honest, he put one in the side netting and then Mohamed Salah took another off his toe before he was finally uh, given his chance, uh, wonderfully taken on the edge of the box, cushioned it with his knee, volleyed it in off the post, low strike, Liverpool made it 3-1, Liverpool take the points, they're up to second behind Leicester City, uh, perfect start for Liverpool this season, three wins from three, uh, who's going to stop them um, at the moment, it's looking ominous for Liverpool's title rivals, on they march, three wins from three, Liverpool second in the Premier League. Paul Gorst at Anfield for the Echoes. The Reds made it three from three. Another win at Anfield. Arsenal dispatched in a high-quality showing. Plenty taking the eye tonight with that 3-1 win then. But who stood out for Jurgen Klopp? Here he is speaking with the media after the game. Sure, Jurgen, just how satisfying a performance was that tonight? Well, good. <laughs> it was a really good game. I loved pretty much each second. Um, didn't lot like obviously the goal we conceded, but the reaction afterwards immediately liked a lot. So um, against a, a top team in form, playing like we did tonight is a yeah, 
it really is something to be honest and um it doesn't help us for thursday or it doesn't help us for a sunday but for tonight it was um quite good i have to say i, I really liked it we were dominant we played football we were difficult to defend conobras was top attitude anyway great played some really good stuff yeah and um arsenal had not too many but some chances and um because they have real quality that's how it is i think most of the the moments they had were offside um so good defended but um ali made um made a save anyway so um was was all good really good performance obviously we saw how andy robertson reacted to his mistake by coming up with the with the with the goal um, but also, I'm just thinking of, of Jota coming on and he misses a chance early on. Mo takes one off his foot and then he finishes like that to guarantee you all three points as well. So it shows that maybe the mentality is rubbing off already on someone who's been in the in the building such a short time. Mo didn't take it off his foot. Mo played an absolutely exceptional game tonight. I would have wished for him that he could have scored. Um, yeah. So, Rob, I don't think Robbo's goal was the reaction on on the, the the situation before it was the performance was the, was the reaction that was really good and then the goal we scored is a cross from the right fullback and then the left fullback finished it off which is absolutely amazing i love it um yeah Diogo came on um played just natural his football tried to do tried to defend the way we defend obviously he, he has actually He's on 20% of information, what we do exactly. So most of uh, we had um, we had meetings to talk about it, but that all will take time. And today he had um, like 60, 70 minutes time to, to watch how, how Sadio is doing. And he came on a pitch and did incredibly well. Scored a super goal. Nice, nice first um, game at Anfield. So he will never forget that. I will never forget it. So cool, cool start. Jorgen, uh, just in relation to the first uh, 20 minutes, uh, he had three prominent chances. Uh, Gigi had a real good chance, uh, Trent had a good chance, and Virgil, Virgil had a really good chance. And probably, you, were you a bit worried that you created good chances and you, you weren't taking them? But obviously, the chances weren't falling to Mo and they weren't falling to Sade. But it took an Arsenal goal for you to really t apply that ruthless killer uh, instinct. No, I was not worried. That's the situation. That's life. As a manager, you can. I would wish that we score with the first chance, take the second one as well, and with the third one and the fourth and fifth, never happens. So um, it's just the, the direction of the game. I liked a lot. So the way we played, I liked a lot. We looked pretty ruthless, to be honest, um, in the situations. We, we we kept them in not their own box, but like twenty-five meter in front of their goal. We we, we were with our centre halves. We really were um, just, we looked really, really good, um, to be honest. And it's so difficult, Arsenal defense, obviously, in these moments with 10 men or 11, with the goalie, obviously. And, um, but each ball you lose is a, is a, a potential counter-attack and everybody knows the speed they have. Um, that makes it really tricky. So it must be a proper mix between being brave, being flexible, being direct, and being perfectly protected because otherwise you you run in one counter after the other and um so no i was not worried i how i said i would wish it would be different but it's pretty much my life that i wait for goals yeah yeah again it was just, just listening to your conversation with roy Keane earlier on sky you you're probably a little bit harsh on him because he described liverpool as a machine 
one of the fittest teams he's ever seen, praised your relentlessness. He, he mentioned you were sloppy on one or two occasions in defence, but he was being, he was praising the team tonight. I was not harsh. I just understood. I came, I came to the mic when, um, and uh, you, the, I didn't see them talking. I only heard them through a speaker, and I heard sloppy something. And yes, in that moment, I misunderstood it. Obviously, so no problem. So, but uh, I just asked, did he say? So, <laughs> and obviously, he didn't say. Then it's all fine. So I just saw, would have seen then a different game, but um, yeah. I didn't see us really being sloppy in defending. I saw us um, in one-two passing situations where we gave the ball too easy away, which is then just a problem. And when because you to to outplay Arsenal, you need a quite expensive um, formation. Losing the ball without any pressure on yourself that doesn't make too much sense. That can really hurt you. So in these moments, yes. But defending, defending was really good, was really good because you cannot defend Arsenal 90 minutes without, with that quality they have. That It's completely normal that they have chances. Um, you need a goalie for that, you need a, a block for that, you need all these kind of things. But in all other moments, you need to be really creative because they defend well and they defend in a 5-4-1 until it develops in a 5-5. Five, five. And um, that makes it really difficult. And you know, one ball, in their feet and Aubameyang is on its bike and yeah that's really difficult. People were obviously looking at, at, at the start of the season and, and the fixtures that you had and probably maybe wondering whether you'd slip up maybe there was the, the possibility that the, the test that you've you, you've had but nine points from nine and the, the, the performances seem to be stepping up with each week I mean is this a sort of statement of, of how hungry you are to do it again? We don't make statements, to be honest, in the press conference. From time to time, I have to do it because you ask me questions. But um, apart from that, we just play football and want to win the games. I thought it's a pretty... For the minute, though, is, is the point. It's, it's, people, your football is very impressive at the minute and people are, are taking notice of it. Look, you have to be... I, I, I said, I like the game tonight. And I said as well, it doesn't help a lot um, for Thursday because we have to play again like this or better. So that, but that's how a season works. It's not that you um, tonight. I'm, I'm really, I'm really happy about what we did tonight. But um, we have now three days, and then we play again, and then we have two days, and we play again. So that's um, quite um, intense. And so it's about consistency, obviously. So, but when I saw the schedule before the season, I thought as well, yeah, oh, um, that's pretty tricky. Uh, so it was always clear since ages is clear that Chelsea will be really, will be really strong. Arsenal won the FA Cup, so won the last English competition um, after lockdown, obviously, um, and is flying since then, pretty much. Um, we beat us in the Community Shield. Leeds, I said it before the game, is um, of all 20 teams, 19 teams, I would have, they would have not been on the top 10, but I want to play in the first game. It was difficult, but we did it. So we have to improve. We have to, we have to become consistent. So far, we played quite well, but that's all. Jurgen Klopp reacting to the 3-1 win over Arsenal at Anfield. Coming up, we'll get into the Blood Red podcast Facebook group, but not before we hear from some of our regular contributors here on Postgame. First up, Lauren Black, but not before Ross Strachan. In the end, comfortable 3-1 victory, nothing more than the Reds deserve today and total dominance. I mean, from the first to the 90th minute, really. First half, 
has got the first half I've seen Liverpool play for a long time. Total dominance of the game. Total dominance of the football. Arsenal, they didn't have a kick, to be honest. Must have been 80% possession. It must have been up there with possession stats. I know possession stats don't win your football matches, but we had the whole possession of that game. And how Arsenal scored that first goal... It was just an absolute catalogue of errors. I think it was the first time they'd even got into our half. We'd had the ball the whole time. and Bit of a mistake and Robbo's made an awful mistake at the back the back stake. And even the finish by Lacazette is terrible. If he'd have hit it any decency, the key of the save, that he scuffed it, somehow got into the back of net and somehow the 1-0 up. And you're thinking, how's this happened? But within a matter of minutes, the back in it, totally deserved. Mane makes it 1-1 and no more than a couple of minutes later, Robbo makes up for his making the 2-1 up and with the assist from Trent Arnold down the right and we were totally dominant in that first half. Like I say, as good as a performance I've seen in the first half for many a year. And, you know, they mentioned that in commentary a few times and... We we have we do seem to be playing a notable higher line now and that's the only thing that that you'd worry about, but it's a minimal things we're worrying about. The the quality in this side from front to back. The press today was excellent. You know, going into the second half, Arsenal had to be a little bit more positive, but there's not much they could do. They had a couple of chances. There was that one where I think it might have been Lacazette who got through again and it was a good save for Mallison. But all in all it was total dominance and we were 2-1 up for a long time. Jota comes on the last 10 minutes, I think it was, and he made a real impact. A couple of chances, should have scored with the first one. Gets in a bit of a muddle with Salah for his second chance and then his third is a great finish on the volley. And it's really good to see a new signing settling in. He's going to He's going to give us something off the bench or through the squad or through the season. He's going to get us goals. He's going to cause a few problems. And it's a real good addition to the squad. You can see why Klopp has signed him. You can see what he's going to bring. And yeah, I'm excited about having him in the squad. So positive. We were, you know, we were missing Thiago, who's, who's out injured, who's just come into the, into the squad. And he's going to make a big difference. But I thought, like I say, I thought the whole team today were great. Really up for it. And yeah, I'll, I'll give a little bit of credit to Arsenal because, you know, in the past, Arsenal are the type of side that totally roll over. We've always battered Arsenal home and away, you know, three, four, five nils we've had in the past. And they've got a little bit more backbone. You can see Arteta's got them very well organised. And they were definitely playing to a certain plan where they were... He was trying to catch us on the counter. He could see off every little goal kick. He was trying to lure us in, trying to beat the press. But Liverpool was so good on that press today. He barely got out of it. And I don't know what the possession stats were in the end, but we totally dominated that game. And yeah, it's it's been a really good start to the season. Three games, three wins. Can't ask for no more. A little bit embarrassing on commentary where they were saying... Um, you know, Joss has made the name for himself. He's put him. We're going to go above Everton. Do you really think that Liverpool fans are looking at league table at this time of the season? Three games gone. Do you know what I mean? We do, we just we we just know we've played three games. We've had three wins. I don't I don't care about anyone else. I particularly don't care about the Blues. 
we've won three. We've got maximum points and we'll continue to do that. We don't even look at the league table for 10, 15 games gone. And, you know, if they, if they want to, they want to have the little moments, good luck to them. But we're in this for the long haul. It's going to be a long old season. The games come thick and fast. Arsenal again, Thursday night is obviously going to be a totally different side with the League Cup, but it'll be good to see some of the young lads again. And then a couple of days after that, it's Villa on the uh, Sunday night. So yeah, three games in six days. I think it's going to be busy old schedule. Wouldn't have it any other way other than being able to go with the match and be in that ground cheering the Reds on. Other than that, wonderful first three games of the season. Nine points, three wins. Come on, Liverpool, let's keep it going. Hi, this is Lauren from the Redmen TV. Liverpool get their third win of the season after beating Arsenal by three goals to one at Anfield. A great performance from the Reds this season as as we outplayed Arsenal at times on the pitch, I feel like. Some great passages of play there. The away side couldn't quite keep up with at times, I think. One, one big positive I took from from tonight's match, and I know it's only three games in, but just how fit of a squad we actually are um, for the entire 90 minutes tonight. We were able to keep the energy levels at 100, and I think that's sort of what gives us the edge over, over a lot of sides, and especially over Arsenal tonight, as I think they couldn't quite keep up with us at some points. Alisson in goal was a huge confidence boost before the match. Um, obviously, he was, he was a doubt over the last couple of days past his fitness test and I think it was it was key that he was in goal tonight as he's a he's a huge presence at the back there. A few one a few times tonight Arsenal were through one on one with with Allison and he was able to deal with them all. Obviously I think some of them would have been chalked off offside but yeah it just shows the type of keeper he is and I, I don't think he'll be thanking Andy Robertson for that mistake which cost him his clean sheet but overall a really solid performance from the keeper another great performance from Joe Gomez as well obviously coming back into the defence after being out um, for the last match and yeah he slotted in really well again and it, it allowed Fabinho to sort of go back into midfield and be that that um, dominating brick wall to say um, in our in our midfield I think it's also worth highlighting Naby Keita as well in midfield, who it was really nice to see him start another game and sort of keep his momentum going, which is something he hasn't really been able to do over the last couple of seasons that he's been here. So fingers crossed that he stays fit and continues to play well. Obviously, I think the the main man of the evening was obviously Sadio Mane, a brilliant performance from him this evening, a complete performance almost um, he offered us everything going forward and, and also defensively um, you could see he was hungry for the for the game from the very first minute and I thought you know his determination I'll, I'll just sort of tip him over the edge a little bit but he, he outshone out everyone on the pitch tonight and he was superbly placed for the equaliser and that was a real poacher's goal I feel being in the right place at the right time in case the ball lands at his feet and he got his reward and he got the equaliser for Liverpool that um we d- we desperately needed I think, yeah. So a, a great performance. Arsenal up up again next on Thursday night in the Carabao Cup. I think it'll be a similar team to what played against Lincoln, but it'll be nice to see the likes of Curtis Jones and Minamino get some more minutes on the pitch after a superb display from those two last week. The post game podcast on the Blood Red Channel. Steve Dawson on Liverpool's 3-1 win at Anfield against Arsenal. Wonderful result again for us. Brilliant, brilliant effort 
by the boys. The, this pressing game was absolutely insane. Exacerbated, I think, by the way Arsenal played. This, this trend of now being able to take goal kicks to a defender inside the penalty area means it, it gives Arsenal an option to sit deep, let Liverpool press uh, and draw forward and then, you know, overcomes the ball through the midfield and, and they can break at, at pace. They've got the players to do that. That's going to be Arsenal's MO against us. It has been already in previous fixtures recently. Um, and, and they're maybe showing the way for other teams to try and operate against Liverpool. It's high risk, high reward, of course, but it, it's, it's going to mean trouble for a lot of teams. It, it, they really have to have speed up front and, and accurate passing. But the risk they take by allowing us to, to press like the, the demons we do. I mean, Salah, Mane in particular, but Firmino as well. The work rate they put in and, and, and very often Salah and Firmino in particular, I noticed in this game coming back very deep on occasion to help out. They're just assisting the cause all over the field, the front three. It's so much more than just about getting goals. They are the first line of defense and, um, and they are the, the big prong in attack. Wonderful threesome up front and Diogo Jota coming on. Um, you know, it was great for him to get a goal, but uh, he must look at that and, and take hopefully a lot of positive uh, inspiration in that uh, he can fit into that and behave in the same way. It's uh, it's wonderful to watch them as uh, a Liverpool fan. Um, just a, a quick word on some other um, individual um, performances. I thought Virgil van Dijk, just aren't we lucky? We know what a an invincible character he is defensively, but those diagonal balls to to the touchline. We'll never get tired of them, will we? I suppose he's, in many ways he's his own worst enemy because we, we start to take them for granted, but they create so many opportunities for us. He's tremendously accurate. And you notice that Joe Gomez is doing the same sort of thing these days as well. He's obviously been watching Virgil very closely and probably been coached by him as well. And he's taking those opportunities to spread the play. We look so, so good going forward in so many different ways. Very, very pleased for Andy Robertson. Um, an uncharacteristic mistake led to Arsenal's goal, but didn't he come on? And, uh, and, and he was the first one to congratulate Sadio Mane. I don't know if you noticed that when Mane scored, he was up there and he ran towards him, the first one to, uh, to give him a, a handshake and then to get that goal. You know, so pleased for him to, to come back. It, it shows the character that he is. He's a real buoyant personality, isn't he? It seems that way at least in the dressing room and on the field. And um, I think uh, we're very lucky to have him. Nabi Keita, I thought, played very, very well. Uh, he was particularly strong in the first half, creates a lot of trouble. We've got such a strong squad. It's really, really uh, to our big benefit that we have such a competitive um, midfield squad to choose from. The rotation will keep everybody's legs fresh, which is going to be very, very important given the amount of work rate that Liverpool puts in because the pressing doesn't just happen with the front three. There's so much pressure that uh, that we put on Gino Wijnaldum, I thought, had an excellent game. I think last word, though, for, for Alisson Becker. The first thing I noticed about Alisson in this game was that on two distinct occasions, uh, he was happy to hit the ball long. We don't want to see that from him all the time. We certainly don't want him to turn into a, a Jordan Pickford. He's very good with the ball at his feet. There's no question about that. Um, but he's not an outfield player. 
Um, when the ball comes to him, it's a little bit of a bus stop. The ball, he takes a touch and he looks up. And then 95% of the time, he plays a very reliable ball to Verge or to Joe or to one of the fullbacks or to a Fabinho or perhaps a Thiago that might be uh, coming back looking for it. He has to know when to hoof the ball long, though. When the option closes down, he has to be able to get rid of it. And I think there's been a few occasions that we'll probably remember from uh, the last couple of seasons where he hasn't done that and it's led to goals or um, embarrassing opportunities that weren't quite finished. But on two occasions today, he hit the ball long, got rid of it when the options closed down. And I think that is progression in his game. The second thing to say about Alison Becker was two wonderful stops when there uh, when Arsenal's attackers were one-on-one with him. Um, fair enough, I, I think on at least one of the occasions, the flag went up retrospectively. Uh, assistant referees encouraged to delay the raising of their flag, but Alison Becker's not to know that. And it's good to know that when opponents do get over the top or through our midfield because of the insane way that we press, it's good to know, isn't it, that if they can get by our very fast central defenders, Alison Becker is there to stand up and uh, close the door. What a great result. 100% record. This is a fabulous season. Really enjoying it. Come on, you Reds. Hi, this is Owen from Cop On Podcast. I think a small child would have been able to predict Mikel Arteta's game plan, which was to pack central areas and play on the counter-attack. But bank vaults of credit are due to Liverpool's players and manager for putting together passing shapes of Euclidean geometry that had the Arsenal chasing seven-dimensional rainbows for most of that match. By the 65th minute, the Gunners were gone, roasted, peeled, mashed or fried, depending on your food metaphor of choice. On the same theme, Andy Robbo's rare slice was an unfortunate way to concede the opening goal, but the way we fought back was pure master chef. Arsenal had no answer. I'm not sure any team in world football could find one either. Alison Becker's magnificent save from Lacazette was their only other chance. Otherwise, it was Liverpool, Liverpool, Liverpool. The way our players know each other so well and work so marvellously as a team is a pure joy, isn't it? Individually, players like Mo Salah, Firmino, Mane or Trent and more are utterly mesmeric to watch. If you or I were managing a team, we would probably give some unmentionable body part away to watch our charges perform as well as this. What spirit! What relentlessness! 61 games now, unbeaten at home. It's utterly incredible. And this was our 50th win. Three more points, three wins from three. This is Owen from Cop On Podcast, delighted, thrilled, and willing to stick my neck out and predict that even the Ev won't stop us now. Well, last season was 3-1, and this season was 3-1 as well at Anfield. 
obviously last season it was a late consolation goal. Um, I f- found out afterwards that uh, Gary Neville described it as a massive moment for Arsenal and it didn't turn out to be. This season they got the opener and it just spurred us on and I just thought we were brilliant from start to finish with pressing high energy attacking football um knowing the risk that we were playing against some really really dangerous attacking arsenal players with you know Lacazette Aubameyang Maitland-Niles um later in the game uh, Danny Caballos uh, just yeah really dangerous players and we just continued to play the high line i mean there were there were times when uh Arsenal were taking cold kicks when we had every single player in their half. I mean, it's just incredible to watch that kind of pressing. And I think that um, I like. Well, I like to think that when other teams were playing, you know, a new way of playing football or a really attacking way of playing, that I I, I was appreciating it and. That's certainly the case with, you know, Barcelona and when City under Guardiola first really started to click that you could really see that, oh, they're just doing something different and how do we match it? I just don't think people are appreciating how hard it is to play when you're pressing with all of your players in the opposition team half. And yes, you're going to concede the odd chance on the break, but... You're trusting yourself and your teammates that um, you know you, you can cover it, cover for that by uh, by uh, by the way that you play. Um, I thought that Mane was sensational today. He's such a menace, and it. I was just reflecting really that I think when Coutinho left, Mane. Well, firstly, I don't think Coutinho realised just how good. Mane was and I think that the world realised how good Mane was when Coutinho left because he just completely stepped up to fill that void where Coutinho used to play and today I just thought he was sensational and not not only that I thought that today was the first time when we really had a player that could come on as a substitute for the forward three and and you wouldn't notice the difference and yeah I thought Jossa he had a chance where he skied it and he should have scored he had a chance where Mane uh, sorry yeah, where Salah got in his way and should have uh, perhaps uh, <laughs> given, let, let him have the space to, to have the shot and then he scored perhaps the most difficult chance of the three and I just thought yes that's that's what we've missed when you know it gets to you know 75 minutes and you're thinking oh could we could we bring one of them off and now now we genuinely can especially with uh, the form that uh, Minamino showed in pre-season and uh, up until now I thought Salah was just a menace um, before that you know throughout the night and uh, gave Tierney a really hard time and uh, yeah a shout out to uh, the fullbacks probably the first game this season where we've seen the fullbacks really combined obviously uh, um, Alexander Arnold's crosses were a continuous danger and set up the goal for uh, for Andy Robbo who didn't have his best moment earlier in the game but yeah Absolutely delighted. Three games, nine points, joint top of the league, and yeah, happy days.
Matt Whitty following on from Owen and Steve Dawson here on Post Game. Well, let's get into the Blood Red podcast Facebook group then, as the Reds did make it three wins from three to start their title defence. Mark Donahue writes, I think Jota is going to give Mane some pressure and also some quality backup for the left side attacking position. We need to make sure we don't get overconfident at the back, though. It could easily have gone to 2-2 when we should have been out of sight. Still, three from three tough games to start with. Karan Kapoor says, I think Alisson has quashed all his doubters tonight. What an incredible performance. Ernest Kwateng said, loved that. We looked so strong. Beat them all over the pitch. Granted, it took till 85 minutes to seal it, but just wore them down. Good start for Jota, but my man Mane's a beast. And Henry O'Keefe says, Man City and the rest of the Premier League are in a whole jotter trouble because this Liverpool team mean business. Powerful, dominant, relentless performance. You'll never walk alone. For more of that, search for the Blood Red podcast on Facebook and request to join the group to get involved in the discussion and you could well feature here on Post Game 2. Our final thoughts tonight on the theme of Manchester City and Liverpool taking advantage against Arsenal. Mark Baker to have his say shortly, but first up, Alex Watt. And that is why we call him Diogo Jota. Really sorry, had to do it. Um... Three games, three wins. Uh, it's easy, this, isn't it? Defending a Premier League title. Uh, or certainly Liverpool are making it look really easy at the moment. Um, the first half performance in particular was one of the most dominant performances I think I've seen from this Liverpool side, which is saying a lot. Uh, conceding that silly goal after the defensive error apart, that was a shame, obviously, because... Apart from that, this was just pure dominance, like past Arsenal off the park, weren't letting them near the ball and prevented them from countering really effectively, which we also managed for the the most part in the second half too, with just a couple of exceptions. But this performance to me felt like another statement, to be honest, because you look at Man City's performance against Leicester yesterday where they had all this possession but they couldn't do a lot with it and then Leicester were obviously able to tear them apart on the counter-attack and ended up with five goals because of it. This performance from Liverpool was so different in terms of how Liverpool kept the ball, constantly threatened, they were so dynamic from front to back as they so often are but I think... I think having watched that Man City performance yesterday and then this Liverpool performance today, it was even more stark how impressive Liverpool were all across the pitch. And Mo Salah and Sadio Mane were just giving Arsenal's back three nightmares. Every time they ran at them, they actually now seem personally affronted by any Liverpool defensive error because we obviously had that pure Liverpool domination for about 25 minutes and then we made a silly defensive error again against Arsenal. I mean, the amount of gifts we've given them in the last few games is mad. Um, But when that happens, you do start to worry a little bit that, you know, Liverpool might get away from the game plan, but... They didn't panic, they just went right back to dominating the game and Mo and Sadio, as I say, were so angry that they just made sure we got the equaliser really quickly, which was nice. Um, And yeah, like I say, that one Andy Robertson error aside, this was such a dominant performance. And to be fair, Robertson ended up making up for that 
by scoring one of his own anyway. So, you know, the left back getting in the box for a number nine poacher's goal, uh, which is absolute total football from Liverpool, really. Um, my only concern in terms of a negative was that it took us a while to, to kill off the game. You know, we've seen how dodgy a 2-1 scoreline can be especially when you look at things like this new handball rule. You know, we've seen issues with that over the weekend when teams haven't killed off games. Um, And obviously Lacazette had a big moment on that rare occasion when they were able to break through in the second half, but Alisson was equal to it. Um, By the way, uh, funny, after all that online meltdown over whether Alisson would start or not, and how we'd cope with the second choice goalkeeper instead, who didn't lose a single league game he played in last season. Um, Alisson ended up starting anyway, so it was all worth it. All that online meltdown, wasn't it? But yeah, I was I was very glad to see that third goal fly in. And obviously nice to see Jota get that on his Premier League debut for us. Um, yeah, just what else can you say, really? It was just a massive performance I think shout out to both Joe Gomez and Fabinho uh, who I thought were both fantastic today as well Fabinho moving back into his usual midfield role and bossing it as he always does and then Gomez coming back in at centre-back and he and Van Dijk barely gave Arsenal a sniff to be honest Um, in terms of the league you know Liverpool just look like they're absolutely flying. And I think there'll be a lot of concern in Manchester and South London watching this Liverpool team really start to properly come to life again now and dominate a team like Arsenal, who've been so improved under Arteta, of course, and they've got those couple of of good wins against us in recent times as well. Um, And this Liverpool dispatched them fairly easily. And Arsenal played well too. But this was a bit of a masterclass from Klopp and Liverpool, to be honest. And as I said, a very timely performance as well. And one which will make Man City fans even more worried, I think. You know, I'm a bit of a pessimist. But as far as I'm concerned, that league title looks like ours again this season. Because no team looks on Liverpool's level at all right now, apart from... Apart from probably Leicester and Everton, bizarrely, which could make for an interesting title race. Um, but, you know, it's early days, but I'm feeling pretty good about number 20 coming our way after after these three games, to be honest. So, yeah, cheers. Up the Reds. Mark Baker reflecting on Liverpool versus Arsenal in the Premier League. Felt it was an excellent performance from Liverpool. The detail in the organisation organisation, sorry, of the team without the ball, I thought was top class. And and Liverpool, when they have that level of organisation to press a team who look to build from deeper areas of the pitch, it's just magnificent, really. The timing of players going to engage with the ball and the man um, in close proximity working behind in conjunction, the triggers, just a really dominance performance in terms of forcing the opposition to cede possession and Liverpool then building the game again. In total control, domination of nearly all aspects of the game, obviously the opposition had one or two counter-attacks, which you would always expect with the quality of players that Arsenal do possess in the final third, especially when Danny Ceballos enters the field of play with his vision and awareness. However, in general, absolute dominance and suffocation from Liverpool. 
uh, for an Arsenal team who are thinking of improving side. And it, it's great signs for Liverpool, really, because I felt there was a drop off after the after the lockdown break, and Liverpool weren't quite at it in terms of the distances and the organisation of the side. However, I believe the last two games have really stood out in terms of Liverpool looking like they are back to somewhat of their the best, certainly without the ball. I think there's opportunities where they can be more productive when they have it in the final third and potentially not seeing out games quickly enough. But it just goes to show again what a magnificent managerial job Jurgen Klopp's doing in terms of how he is setting up the team in order to strangle games away from the opposition and, and be, become the dominant force in the league because Liverpool have outstanding players. But for me, they're, they're by far the best coach team in the division. And they have been over a period, a good period now of at least a year. I mean, I'm Pep Guardiola's biggest fan, but one of the, the things that's really standing out to me about Manchester City, especially over the last season and, and going into this one, judging by what I've seen in the opening two games, is they look at team who, who are in slight decline. And I think there's worrying signs for Manchester City. I believe that, you know, people talk about the fact of they need better defenders. I don't disagree with that. I think individually in, in the deeper areas of the pitch, they are incapable of dealing with uh, operating in isolation against some forwards and the way Manchester City play, they can be exposed. There's no question about that. And if they had player profiles of the likes of Ivan Dijk, and Joe Gomez, for example, the mobility and, and, and ability to to deal with 1v1 situations, they'd be a far better side. However, more to the problem for me with Manchester City is just how easy they've become to play against. Guardiola's sides have always been the most difficult to play against. They've always had players in deeper areas of the pitch you, you could get at, who could be vulnerable, especially when faced with players with more athletic ability. You think of, you know, his great side with Gerard Piquet and Mascherano, players who were vulnerable. There's no question if they were in a foot race or isolated. However, the pressure on the ball and the organisation of Guardiola's side meant that never occurred. And I just believe at the moment you can see there's a drop-off in Manchester City. Guardiola's never had a side for this long in terms of a reign at one club. Is the intensity that he puts in on a daily basis are the same messages getting out? Is that the same desire from the players? I think there's worrying signs. I've seen at the back end of last season, especially out they went off the Champions League. I thought they looked all over the place against Leicester City. And I really do believe Liverpool are firmly in the box seats to retain the title based on recent evidence. And uh, and and that's a really big statement to say because if he'd have said that to me, you know, twelve months ago, I'd have said that's I couldn't have believed it really. Such was City's level. And I. And I believe that whilst Manchester City still have the highest ceiling of the two teams in relation to when Manchester City are on song and playing well, there's no team who dominates every area or every facet of a football match like they do. However, and I would put it up potentially like this, the floor is much lower. So even when Liverpool aren't at the maximum best, they are able to retain a competitive element in every game they play, staying games, always being with a chance of finding a result in a football match in Manchester City's drop-off in levels is such that they are no longer able to do that. And I think in such a finely tuned system in both sides, the wheels have really come off in terms of what I see from Manchester City at the moment. And even if they are to acquire a better central central defender 
centre-half in that position, I don't believe it'll solve the issues that are there at Manchester City at the moment in terms of the structure, organisation, intensity of the team. And I think it's it's massively positive for Liverpool after the open weeks of the season. Plus, obviously, the fact of bringing Thiago into midfield, who, for me, is in a well, world-class, there's no question. He is in the top echelon, if not the best central midfield player currently operating in Europe, has been for a period of time, was the greatest midfield player ever. Xavi Hernandez is higher at Barcelona. Obviously, circumstances dictated that Xavi was still in his... his well, is still a first choice and, and Thiago obviously moved on because of that. And I just still can't believe Liverpool have signed the player, really. I think it's massive and automatically puts Liverpool, if it didn't already, as the as the favourites for the Premier League title, such as his quality, albeit from a deeper area, he won't be one to play the final pass, although he'll be the conductor in terms of finding passes that other, others can't to break lines and create opportunities for, for individuals in between lines and just a magnificent signing. And that, coupled with Manchester City, mean that I have no doubt that Liverpool are the, the strong favourites for the title. Mark Baker and Alex Watt with the final words on this edition of the post-game podcast. Keep an ear out for the Blood Red podcast, which will be with you on Tuesday afternoon as our writers have their say on the showing at Anfield, with analysing Anfield to follow later on in the week with a detailed breakdown of the performance. Thanks as always for joining us here on Blood Red for the post-game podcast. If you can rate and review wherever it is you get your audio on demand, that's always more than appreciated. Thanks for your time and your company. Though until next time, it's bye for now. You've been listening to the post game podcast on the Blood Red channel.